this morning. For a little while, I'm going to preach to you about how to start a fire. Amen? I preached to you out of Acts chapter 11 uh, several times, and we went through this thing through the book of Acts a couple of uh, months ago. Matter of fact, it don't seem like that long ago, but it's been over a year uh, since we started that. And and uh, we went through Acts 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, on down through there, uh, preaching about some things about the church. And uh, I covered uh, chapter 11 about three or four different weeks. And this these verses, uh, three or four different weeks. And so uh, I figured that uh, when I said, turn to Acts chapter 11, verse 19, folks was, oh no, not again. <laughs> but there's plenty of stuff in the Bible and uh, to... Uh, uh, that you can get out of one scripture, and we, the Lord gave me another message out of there, and so I want to preach that to you. If you're not too dead this morning, uh, I think uh, started in Sunday school this morning, just kind of dead. Yeah. I think most of you probably yeah. spent too much time in the television this week, yeah. or maybe you was gossiping about one another this week, or something. I don't know what the problem is, but there is definitely, definitely uh, something. Uh, somebody threw out the anchor this morning. We are dragging a little bit. And I don't know what it is, and I really don't care. I'm just going to preach to it anyway. If you're sitting here this morning and you're mad, I'm going to preach. Amen. 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 If you're sitting here, you're upset, you think it might be better down the road, I'll tell you how to get there. Amen. You tell me the church you want to get to, and I'll tell you how to get there. Amen. Amen. Uh, Folks get so mad and so upset and discouraged and upset and and bitter and upset and every kind of upset you can think of, people get upset. People get lifted up with pride and their heart gets hard and they get mad at one another and then they come into church and pout and suck their thumb. And you're dragging down the church service. I'll just be honest with you. You need to get right, get your heart right with God. That's exactly what you need. You young folks need to get your heart right with God. You old folks need to get your heart right with God. It's not just the old folks or the young folks or the teenagers. It's all of us we need to get right get our hearts right with God. Coming here and dragging and moping and, and all that stuff. My goodness, folks. you got a God that loves you and died for you and saved you. And you're not going to hell. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your problem is. You Say you love God and you know God. How about where's that fruits of the Spirit at then? Love and joy and joy and joy and joy and joy and joy. Love and joy and peace. You ain't got no joy. Don't tell me you love God and you've been reading your Bible and praying. You ain't done it because you ain't got no joy. Amen. Like a prodigal son. I mean, how can you? can you sit and listen to a song like that? I don't see how it can be done. I'll tell you what, if you were sitting down at the restaurant and old Garth Brooks come across the radio, you know they play that stuff down at the down at the, down at the restaurant. Old Garth Brooks, come on you. Oh yeah, yes sir. You would pep up a little bit, wouldn't you? Yes sir. Something's wrong in your spiritual life. Yes sir. Yes sir. I know exactly what it is. Something wrong. Something's wrong in here. It ain't over yonder across the street. Something wrong in here. Yes sir. Revival over with you. Think you've done your duty by coming to church a couple of nights. You in trouble. Right. Hmm. Get in the car after church and on your way home, turn that radio on. Right. 
You'll feel good then, won't you? Yes, sir. Get in here around this spiritual stuff and you. I can't believe I had to get up and come to church this morning. Come on, get church. <laughs> Need to move right down here with these boys. Amen. Then I get you with the same belt I'm fixing to get them with if they don't quit making noise. <laughs> hey, that boy right there, he set up straight. Yeah, amen. That's good. The boy's got some ears on his head. He'll go far in life. Keep listening like that. I want to preach to you this morning about how to start a fire. We need to start a fire in here. Yeah. Folks, it's cold. It's like walking into a freezer. I mean, it's kind of hot in here. The air conditioner don't work that well. But, but listen, come stepped in here this morning, Sunday school, kind of kind of cold. Like, like stepping into a freezer or something this morning. I know what it is. I know what it is. You spent too much time watching TV this past week and not praying. And probably backbiting and complaining and, and maybe... Gossiping about somebody, what they wore and what they said, and and this, that, and the other. Now you're cold and dead. Come Sunday morning, of course you wouldn't go to work like that. No, sir. You don't even like work, and you're happier going to work than you are going to church. I'm in a mood, and I'm not ashamed of it anyway. I just don't think I just don't think you ought to come and preach angry. Well, I'm about angry half the time at the house. I'm, I surely ain't going to be angry and fuss at my wife and not be angry and fuss at you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Matter of fact, I've been nice to some of y'all far too long. Amen. I'm still the nicest preacher you know. Yeah. Acts chapter 11, verse number 19. I'm going to try to preach this morning. I'm a little bit distracted, a little bit discouraged. A little bit, man. I keep hearing about folks going out and getting their life messed up in sin, and and folks uh, trying to commit suicide and all kinds of stuff like that. Kind of makes me mad. Makes me want to fight. This world's tearing folks apart uh, by the dozen and by the by the dozen. Fully on that by the billions. This world's tearing folks apart by the billions and folks that go to a church that still preaches the Bible and still sings the old hymns and still does it the way it's supposed to be done. And yet you still meddle with that stuff and fool with that stuff. Right. You go to revival and you hear folks, uh, you hear the gospel preached and you, it moves your heart and you get down on the altar and pray about things and then one week later you're back in the mess again. Yeah. Yeah. I, it makes me believe that, that God might have turned some folks over. And that, that is the case, I guess. I just keep hearing about these folks trying to commit suicide and, and somebody called my wife and asked my wife about uh, about suicide this week, I said, wait before you give that answer. I said, hey, we got to be careful giving an answer like this. I mean, somebody invariably somebody calls me about once or twice a year and says, hey, I wanted to know about whether or not it's all right. To, I mean, if you can still go to heaven after committing suicide. There's a reason for those kind of questions. There's a reason for those kind of questions. You say, what is it? The, the pressure and the cares of this world are mashing people into the ground. And if they just realize that they could come in here and shed that stuff of the world and just get a little bit excited, get the joy of God down their heart, that stuff in the world wouldn't even make any difference. People sit around worried. Folk, folks sit around most of the time worried about something that ain't going to happen no way. Yes, sir. Myself included. Myself included. I worry about the dumbest things. Especially if there's a pain in my side or something like that. But anyway, 
Folks, folks, listen, are you still alive? Yes, sir. If, listen, if God decided to kill you tomorrow, you can't do nothing about that. You'd just be in heaven. That'd be it. Unless you ain't saved, then you'd be in hell. I wouldn't worry about that. I'd get saved this morning. I'll tell you what, if about half of this crowd got saved this morning, we might have good church service tonight. Amen. Or you might. I'll be gone, but you... Happy y'all won't even show up tonight because I just said I wasn't going to be here. Uh, we, hit, we hit the stump right there. I was saying this and you were saying amen. I was saying that and you were saying amen. I said that right there and it, it kind of clammed up a little bit. You know good and well that if I don't come tonight, some of you ain't going to come. you backslid as hell. I'll just tell you right up front. Is this your church or ain't it? Amen. All right. No matter no matter who's a preaching, you ought to be here. Yes, sir. Well, preacher, I just feel like you feel wrong. Amen. Amen. I'm here when you're not. And that's quite often. Amen. Acts chapter number eleven. I feel a little bit better now. Vented a little bit. Vented a little bit. Amen. Acts chapter eleven. Verse number nineteen. You ain't got nothing to be. You ain't got nothing to be so upset about. I mean, yeah. if I went to a dead old dry Methodist church, or a dead old dry Presbyterian church, or a dead old dry Southern Baptist church, or a dead old dry Pentecostal church, and they didn't do nothing but talk about the same old stuff every single service, and get up and dry and give announcements for forty-five minutes, and talk about the Rotary Club and how we're going to raise ten dollars. If that's all in the world I ever heard, I'd be depressed out of my mind. Yeah. Yes, sir. But that ain't what we got going around here. I'm fixing to give you an example. Amen. You get preaching around here. And preaching ought to make the very best people in the world. I believe that. I believe that. I'd rather listen to preaching than southern gospel music or anything I know of. I think I think one half of your problem it may not be country music or rock music. It may be Christian music. Sure. Folks sit around just... Fill her head full of that stuff all the time. The Bible, the Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching. You know what you need to do? I, you know, I've got plenty of gospel music. I just don't fill my head full of it all the time. The Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching. I listen to preaching all the time. If you want to feel better, if you want to be encouraged, if you want to get assurance, if you want to have faith, I mean, listen, read your Bible, then get you a cassette tape with some preaching on it and put that in your car and ride around with it every once in a while. Yes, sir. Half of this Christian music's depressing as it can be anyway now. Yes, sir. Even sometimes in the, in here, in our church, sometimes folks will start singing. I think that's kind of depressing. I believe Christianity ought to have a little bit of. I'm not talking about a jungle beat, but I'm talking about a little bit of upbeat to it. Sure. It ought to have some joy in it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I just don't know how I'm going to make it another day. But I know Jesus can help me. Why don't you just let Him help you or shoot you or something? Yeah, please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can't listen to that. Anyway. Well, that's good. Lay my hand on my mouth. God called me to preach another sermon this morning. So I'll do that. Amen. Acts chapter 11, 
Verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Now we as a church have covered this enough times that we've heard this story about Stephen. Stephen was stoned. And uh, after Stephen was stoned, the disciples were spread out to all these different cities. And as a result of Stephen being stoned, churches were started in Antioch, uh, churches were started in Cyprus. And from there, Paul went out and had his missionary journeys. And all the churches that you read about over in the book of Revelation, uh, Smyrna, uh, Laodicea, and all the different ones that you, that you read about Paul, the uh, book of Romans, book of Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, all of those Thessalonians were started as a result and after old Stephen was stoned to death. And the Bible says, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. Now I read that verse again the other day and I seen those two words, about Stephen. I said, yeah, what about Stephen? You know, Stephen, I'm sure that, listen, you don't want to copy Stephen. <laughs> Stephen got stoned to death, amen. He didn't get stoned, he got stoned to death. Amen? You don't want to go that route, and I don't either. I'd rather live for Jesus than to die for Jesus. I just, I just, I just look at it that way. I'd rather live, hadn't you? I don't know anybody that wakes up every day going, I think I'll go out and get killed today. No, sir, that's not on your heart, is it? But it ought to be on your heart to want to live for Him. And old Stephen wanted to live for Him. And listen, let me just say this morning, there's some things that we're going to read about old Stephen, some things that he done that started a fire. That's, that's a pretty big fire. That fire still burned today. This church right here in Folkestone, Georgia, is a result of that church in Antioch. If you trace back your scriptures, the King James Bible, and the scriptures that it was translated from, it'll go back to Antioch. It won't go back to Rome. I keep hearing folks, oh, you folks doing stuff because the Catholics. I ain't never done nothing because the Catholic done. I do things because the Bible says it and it come from Antioch of Syria. That first Gentile church. I don't go to Acts chapter 2 because that was a Jewish church. I go, I go to Acts chapter 11 because that's a Gentile church. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. I don't have nothing against a Jew. God bless the Jew. But I'm a Gentile. I'm an old dog that wasn't worth nothing. But because that Jew rejected him, God let me in. And that's all I am. And that's all I'll ever be. Listen, I can clean up my act. And I can get my act straight. And I can do anything I want to do with my act. But listen, I'm just a Gentile that's saved by the grace of God. And that's part of the problem that we got this day and time. Some folks just religious as they can be. That come to church and sit on the pew every Sunday. But they ain't going to move a muscle because that's all they've ever had. Religion. They need to get born again converted right. Right. that's part of the problem before you were saved you sat around like this right. and now that you're saved you sit around like this right. yeah. that just tells me that something didn't happen somewhere along the line right. if you was one way before you got saved and now you're still that way you're just religious yeah. you're not saved nope. you're not converted you can go down to the Chevrolet dealership and buy a van. It won't have nothing in it. Just be an empty metal shell. Have a motor, a transmission, a gear step, and a steering wheel. If you're lucky down here, it'll have an air condition. That's a van. You can go to the same dealership and you can order that same van. They can put captain seats in it and a bed in it and a stereo system in it and carpet in it and them little bingo ball things that the Mexicans put on the windshield. You can order all that stuff in it. Then you know what it is? It's a conversion van. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
There's something different about it. It's not just an old regular box van. It's a, it's a conversion van. Now when you was born, you was an empty shell. You wasn't worth much. Amen. But when you got saved, you ought to be something else. If you're not something else, you're not saved. Maybe it is. I mean, maybe you got saved and you've just been in a dead church all your life. You need to get something that will change you. You need that old time religion. Amen. That kind of to make you love everybody. I wish I could sing that song, but I don't know the words. Amen. That's part of the problem right there. You don't love everybody. Make you love everybody. Make you read the Bible too. Boy, I want to preach that now. You know folks don't love one another. Not praying for one another. Not witnessing to folks. You get mad at folks before you consider the end of their ways. Have you ever known somebody that make you mad? Listen, you ought not be mad because they've mistreated you. They're mistreating themselves. They're going to go to hell at the end of this life they're living. You ought to have some compassion for them like Christ did and pray for them and try to help them. Instead of getting mad, you old selfish hen. Make you love everybody. Amen. A godly love. Not days of our lives, love. Love everybody. Is that show still on TV? <laughs> said they were scattered abroad about the persecution that arose about Stephen. Said they traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, uh, for your love and for your mercy. Pray you'd help me to preach for just a few minutes. God, I'm unworthy to stand in this pulpit. I'm just a, a Gentile, dear God, but. Uh, other than being a Gentile, I'm your son, God. I'm saved by grace. And Lord, your mercy found me, dear God, and I thank you for that. God, I do have something to rejoice about. I pray, oh God, you'd help me to preach, God. And Lord, I can't preach to the congregation across the street. I can preach to these people that are sitting in these pews. And I pray you'd help us. God, People's Baptist Church needs you. Oh God, I got on the sign out there about dead religion. God, if we're going to have some live religion around here, it's going to have to start with us. Truly, your word said that judgment must begin at the house of God. God, we've got to realize that we have a problem. God, we've got to get our hearts right with you. God, we've got to get this bitterness out. We've got to get the high-minded out. And I pray, oh God, you'd help us to do that. Help us, dear God, to start right here in Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And God, start like the old folks started. Start like like the old church started. And God gets some things right in our heart. God will never be completely right. God, you know that about us, God. We're weak and fleshly. But God, you can help us. Stir a little fire in our hearts this morning. And I'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Christ's name I pray these things. Amen. Now he said some things. He said, now they which were scattered abroad about the persecution that arose about Stephen. Turn back over to Acts chapter 6. And I want to give you some things about Stephen. Uh, and if you'll emulate these things about Stephen, if you'll kind of, if uh, if you will copy Stephen, then you'll get some the same results. Listen, if it works one time, it'll work over and over and over and over. Somebody came along to where you lived one time and told you about the gospel, and the gospel got down in your heart and began to dig around and root around. The next thing you know, you was on an altar crying out to God to save your soul. That's the way the gospel works, and that's the way the gospel will always work. You don't get have to get a new program. 
program or put on a rock concert. You don't have to do all that stuff. Preaching the gospel will still work. The same way old Stephen, the same way old Philip, the same way old Paul preached the gospel and souls were saved, that same thing will happen for you. Now if you get a hold of God uh, like Stephen got a hold of God, if you'll use the same methods that Stephen used, the same methods that Stephen used, you'll get some results in your life too. And if you start getting some results in your life, it'll bring some joy in your life and some, some something that you may never experience before. i tell you what, you'd be surprised if some of you went down to the workplace tomorrow and just open your mouth and just say to one of your friends, Jesus died for your sins. I mean, if you would just say such a simple doctrinal statement as that, your life would change tomorrow. Some of you have never done it before. Some of you have been afraid to do it. Some of you might have thought, well, they'll laugh at me or they'll make fun of me. They laugh at you and make fun of you anyway. Ain't you never been to work before? You know how it is down at work. Laughing and cutting up and making fun of one another and talking behind one another's back. You know how it is. They're going to laugh at you anyway. If you're going to get laughed at, you may as well laugh, get laughed at for the cause of Christ. Amen? Sure. Why not? That sounds good to me. Let's look in uh, Hebrew, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 6. And let's read a few verses of Scripture. It says, In those days when uh, the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Somebody's arguing. The Grecians and the Hebrews uh, arguing with one another because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Sometimes I wish they had just named them people good old American names. Uh, uh, Jim, and Jim Bob, and uh, Jim Bob Jr. But anyway, all those names there. But look, they said the, the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost. The first thing about Stephen was, the first uh, reason he was able to start a fire and get something going is because he was called of God. He was called of God. Uh, the funny thing to me about this thing is Stephen started off as a deacon. They elected uh, this man Stephen. They got this man Stephen to wait tables. These Grecians got mad at the Hebrews and said, Y'all not taking care of these widows. So the preacher stands up and the preacher says, I tell you what, choose out seven men. And these seven men can wait on these, uh, these widows and we preachers can give ourselves to the Word of God. We need some preachers that give themselves to the Word of God, by the way. But I thought it was kind of funny. They chose these men, Philip and Stephen and all these guys, all the rest of those big names. They chose them to wait tables. But you don't get two or three chapters. You want to know what you find these men doing? They're out preaching. I tell you one thing. All this stuff that gets started in churches today, these outreach ministries and all this stuff, pretty soon if you're following the Holy Ghost, don't it say Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost? You get full of the Holy Ghost and you'll leave uh, the social issues of this world behind. You'll end up preaching the gospel. They said, hey, these old ladies need to be taken care of. And the priest said, okay, point somebody out to it. They pointed them men out to it, and next thing you know, them men's preaching the gospel. Yes, sir. That's the effect of the gospel. 
The first thing you know about old Stephen is he's a God-called man. He's a God-called man, full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. That's the authority that you need. You need God's authority. You need God's authority. You need God's power. You need God's strength. Some of you just need to get in head deep and just jump in all the way. You can't learn to swim. I guess you do it just like my daddy taught me how to swim. Just throw you in the deep end. What you need to do maybe is take your Bible into work with you. Open it up on the lunch counter and say, Hey, I want to tell you all about God. Just get in over your head. Then you'll say, I don't know what to say next. But you're in then. You're going to have to say something. Amen. You're going to have to get your feet wet sometime. But these men, they were called of God. They had God's power. And they got stirred up about some things and got brave about some things. Listen, it's hard not to be brave when you're God-called and God-powered and everything else. It'd be real easy to come in here and look at a bunch of dead, dry Presbyterians sitting in a Baptist church and get up here and start kind of saying, Well, I sure am glad to be saved. You're dismissed. Have a good one. And have the same old kind of dead, dry mess they got all over the world. But I'm not trying to have a dead, dry mess. I'm trying to stir a bunch of people up to serve God. Folkston depends on it, that's all. Yes, sir. Your family lives here, don't you? Your family members live here, don't you? The folks that's getting chewed up by sin every week, they live here, don't they? They depend on you whether you know it or not. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everybody that ever got saved in Antioch after that church started has old Stephen to thank. Because he was God called and he gave God an answer. Amen. Some of you self called. Yes, sir. You got saved because you felt like it. You come to church when you feel like it. You talk about God when you feel like it. Then the rest of the time you talk about whatever else you feel like talking about. Lots of people want to talk. Listen, lots of people want to talk about God when they're around the preacher. Of course. What about the rest of the time? What are you talking about when it's just you and George down at the workplace? I hope one of you works with a guy named George and the Holy Spirit just... He's talking, he's talking to you. Yes, sir. What are you talking about the rest of the time? It's easy to say, Oh, I love God, preacher. Not that easy to say, I love God, George. You've got to be God called to do that. And listen, you are. if you're saved this morning, you are God called. You think I'm talking about just preachers, but I ain't. You're God called. You're God called. And you think I'm just talking to you men, but I ain't, ladies. You're God called. The Bible says you're called to be saints. Saint Katie. You called to be a saint. Yes, sir. You called to be that. Say, well, I ain't going to be that. Well, face God with it then. So you think you can just get mad at the preacher and skip down to the next church and you'll be okay, but you ain't going to be okay because God knows where you're at. One of these days you'll face God. And God requires of you to be saint so-and-so. To be God-called. To be God-called. Full of faith. Full of Holy Ghost. Not full of the Bible college. Not full of politics. What I think we need to do in this church is get together a committee to sit down and discuss the future of this finest. Now what you want to do is blow it all to hell is what you want to do. Yes, sir. You need to get God in your heart and get full of the Holy Ghost and get out there in the highways and byways and be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ before the world overcomes you and destroys you and defeats you. Yes, sir. Folks don't get full of God. Folks don't get full of the Holy Spirit. Next thing they, that you know, they become a critic. Well, I just don't really think it should be done that way. Well, what do you know about it? 
You spend seven or eight hours a day in the Word of God, do you? Do you? You sure don't. You sure don't. You spend uh, four or five hours a day praying about how things ought to go in the church, do you? You sure don't. You don't know nothing about it. You're just a critic because you're not full of the Holy Ghost. You get full of the Holy Ghost and get full of faith, you'll stop being a critic even when folks need to be criticized. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, you see not only the things that are going wrong, Brother Pedro, but you also see the result of those things and the long-term outcome of those things. It's easy to look at somebody and say, oh, they're bitter, oh, they're nasty, oh, they're wicked, oh, they're sinful, oh, they're not doing it right. It's easy to find it's easy to find fault. It's a different thing to say, oh, my goodness, look at the way they're living their life. They're going to be destroyed in just a week or two. Sometimes I look around and I say, oh, oh, my. Because I know it won't be long. I know it won't be long until their world will be turned upside down. And if you go to them and say something about it, they'll be mad at you for the rest of their life. Did you hear what that preacher said to me? You should hear what God's going to say to you one day. He was a God-called man. Don't you think it's about time to answer God's call? Mm-hmm. Oh, Stephen used some methods that caused God's people to get persecuted, but they also, after getting persecuted, they got victories. Amen. Boy, I'm liable to preach all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, football game's on today, but that's all right. That's all right. Listen, you need to get busy, folks. Look at, what, look at verse 8 and 9 here. And Stephen was full of faith and power. Ain't that what you're after? Wouldn't you like to be full of power? Some of you like to be full of power, but not full of faith. It don't work that way, though. He says, full of faith and power. He said, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the uh, synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. One thing about Stephen, he was always fussing with somebody. He was called to God, he was always fussing. Listen, if you get called to God, you're going to end up in a fuss. I heard an old boy tell me, he said, I don't like to fuss about my religion. Well, you ain't got no religion there. Oh, you got to feel good something. Listen, if you, if you get a hold of God, you're going to be at odds with this world. You're not, I went to a man's funeral one time and they said, this man ain't got an enemy in the world. Well, he wasn't much of a man then. Yes, sir. A man that ain't got no enemies don't stand for nothing. Let me give you an example. This, this, this won't get you under conviction or nothing. This has nothing to do with religion. I'm a Republican. You know what i just done? Who cares about that anyway? But listen, you know what i just done? I put a difference between me and somebody else. Look yonder, I said I was going to preach all day and God gave us a cloud cover out there. It got a little cooler in here, didn't it? Amen. That's God's confirmation. Preach the whole message. Brother Mike, I'm a southern man. There are some folks in the world that's northern men, Canadian men. They say there's some French men, but I don't believe that. I'm sorry, sis. A French lady in here. French ladies are all right, amen. French ladies led the French Revolution. But anyway, uh, not the revolution, the resistance. But anyway, there's some folks that from western men. How about that? 
Listen, you're not going to live this life without without making some enemies somewhere. Yes, sir. You can't do it. Now, all that stuff may not mean nothing to you. Some of that stuff don't mean nothing to me either, except for that southern part. I'm unreconstructed, amen. I believe in doing things my own way. Anyway, God's way, we'll put it that way. But listen, if you live this life, you're going to dispute with somebody once in a while. That's part of the problem too in our churches today. You ain't willing to dispute about nothing. When some of your friends get together and they start doing some devilment, you ain't man enough to say, hey, we ought not be doing that. That builds character, did you know that? When you're out with a bunch of friends and you can look like a blockhead by speaking up and you choose not to do that, you hurt your own character. Later on down in life, there'll be a more drastic situation. And if you're not used to saying something, you won't say nothing then either. And it could cost you your life. could cost you your life. Yes, sir. Uh, sometimes you folks think you're not minding your own business, but I think you ought to speak up. Yes, sir. I got out of my car one time and I was walking up towards the store and this lady got out and closed the door on three kids and started walking to the store. I said, hey, don't you think you ought to take them youngins in there with you? Now, what business was that of mine? I made an enemy that day. I butted in. Yes, sir. But I butted in about something right. Hey, take them, take them youngins. It only gets about two or three hundred degrees in that car. Take them in there with you. Not to mention all the perverts running around. Yes, sir. Get anyway. I butted in. It was a little confrontation there. Mm-hmm. Now you ought to do that. Somebody starts messing with the Bible. Well, the Bible says in the NIV. <clears throat> What? Oh, you're always making much out of nothing. Oh, that is something. That's worth fussing about. I spoke to a lady one time. She said, you know, preacher, we're all working to get to that same place. I said, no, we ain't. If you're working, you're working to get to hell. That's the only place you can work to. That's the only place your works will ever get you to, is to hell. Yes, sir. You get saved by the grace of God. Ain't no works involved in it. Mm. I ain't even got off a of point one yet. Y'all, long day. Going to be a long day. Listen, you turn your Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. The man of God, the God called man, the God called woman, even is in conflict with this world. Yes, sir. You can't find one psychologist in this book. You can't find one man in this book that's helping people cope and share. You just can't do it. You can't find it. Listen, this world puts so much emphasis on all this junk. The only thing that you have to worry about in this life, you don't have to worry about getting another rung up on the ladder. The only thing you have to worry about is eating today, that's your physical needs, and glorifying God in your body today and raising good Christian kids. That's all you've got to worry about. You know, if your kids grew up and they didn't know 10 times 10, that's not a bad mark against you. The bad mark against you is if your children grow up to be reprobates. Some folks are more worried about their children's education than they are their godlihood. The state told you that mess about education and all that stuff. Yes, sir. You against education? No, sir. I got three of the smartest kids. All three of my kids are smarter than me right now. But I've still got a responsibility to make them grow up and be godly individual girls. You see, you take on all the 
all the burdens of this world. I gotta look good. I gotta feel good. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta get an education. I gotta get a great job. I gotta get a good career. You pull all this stuff on your shoulders and you find in a couple of days it's fixing to break your back because you can't carry that kind of load. You can't carry that. The thing you've gotta worry about is taking care of your children. The Bible says if a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. You've got to worry about taking care of your family and you've got to worry about getting your family to God in an approved manner. Amen. Yes, sir. And listen, as far as the children go, you ain't got long to do that. You say, well, I've got 18 years. No, you don't, buddy. You've got children. You've got about, you got about maybe 10 or 11 years to impress that godliness on them. After they get in the teenage years, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get out from under you. Even if they're right with God, when they get 12 and 13 years old, they're trying to learn how to live on their own judgment then. You better instill something in them before they get that age. That means you daddy's going to have to get off the PlayStation. What's that that got to do with being called by God? God called you off the PlayStation. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir. Let's look at another verse here. Let's look at another verse. Let's look at Acts chapter 7. Now, the rest of the book of Acts, he said in verse 8 and 9 there, I read that to you, they were disputing with Stephen. Then the next thing you know, all the big wigs got together and started, uh, you know, going to the big ministerial council and to the big political system and said, Oh, Stephen's doing this. Oh, Stephen's down there preaching hard to them people. Oh, Stephen's down there saying this. Oh, Stephen's down there saying that. And so they got him a council here. Look in verse seven, or chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Then said the high priest, Are these things so... So they called old Stephen to account. They called him down. We might have to revoke your ministerial license here. We want to know about what you're doing down uh, when you're preaching down there. And so he said, are these things so? And he said, men and brethren and, and fathers, hearken. That means listen up. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Koran. And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I will show thee of. Let me say this. Some things that helped Stephen uh, to start a fire in his life, to start a fire in other people, he was a fanatic. uh, Stephen was a fanatic. Stephen's first answer for everything was God. See right there? He said, Men and brethren and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared. If you'll become a fanatic and let your answer to everything be God, you'll become a fanatic. But you'll also have some fruit in your life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Uh, some folks in the Bible ask the question, how do we get saved? And the answer is, the God of glory appeared, died on an old rugged cross. That's the answer. That's the answer. How are we going to build a church in a wicked generation? The God of glory appeared. That's the answer. That's the answer to everything. Uh, some of your, don't, if you live for God, don't some of your family members think you're kind of crazy? Oh, that Curtis, he's always talking about God. Oh, that Nathan, he's always talking about God. Always talking about God. Always God this, always God that. That old preacher, every time he turns around, God wants him to do this or God wants him to do that. Yeah, that's right. I'm a fanatic. I believe in God like some of y'all believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Amen. Every time you turn around, the first answer that comes out of your mouth, Oh, the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Here we go. Atlanta Falcons. What are you going to do this week? Atlanta Falcons. What are you going to do next month? Going to Atlanta Falcons ball game. 
What kind of clothes did you buy at the mall yesterday? Atlanta Falcons jersey. Sounds to me like more than just Christians is fanatics. Yeah, it's in all walks of life. Some folks, it's cars. What do you like? Oh, I like a Chevelle. Oh, what's one of your favorites? Oh, I like a Chevelle. Oh, Chevelle. Ford Mustang. Oh, see? Don't you know somebody talks about the same thing all the time? Oh, Stephen just talked about God. You just fill in the blank. How are we going to just fill in the blank? Say, God. God. The God of glory. The God of glory. Listen, if we're going to get anything done around here, it's going to have to be the God of glory. Some of you right now is chomping at the bit. It looks like 10 after 12 and some of you are about to die. Yeah. I wish we had about half a church full of black people in here because after 12 o'clock, everybody's dead. If you leave here and you come back at 3 o'clock, then black folks up the road will still be at church. I don't know what's going wrong. I own up there, but they there, amen. Yes, sir. You're concerned about too much of the things of this world. You spent all week at your house. What in the world do you want to go back there for today for? <laughs> Folks sit behind four walls all week and say, I'm bored. That's right. I'm bored. I wish they had something to do. These kids, I'm bored. I'm bored. Boy, I didn't tell my mommy when I was bored. She found something for me to do. But you folks sit behind four walls, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Come to church and sit for five minutes. I'm bored. I'm bored. He's reading the Bible. I'm bored. It's raining outside. I'm bored. Ain't nothing to do. Ain't nothing moving me. This church just ain't like it used to be. Where's the love? Something changed in here. I just don't like being here no more. It's you! Yes, sir. It's you. You lost you. You lost your God. When you got saved, you was excited about it. Now, I'm going to say, listen. I'm going to say this. It may not pertain to you, or it may or may not. I don't know. But when you got saved, you was excited about God. You was excited. You, listen. When you got saved, you was excited about God's people. You'd come and sit with God's people all day if you could. Yes, sir. Not no more. Something happened. Wrong. Something happened. Coming to these church services sometime. In here we got the Word of God. We got, we got some of the best singing you ever heard in your life. We got some of the least boring services that you've ever seen in your life. Listen, I go to churches all over the place. And you got somebody that likes to hear himself talk, stand up and talk about everything under the sun. I mean, for, I mean I'm talking about they got a sermon in between each song and they got a sermon before the offering and a sermon after the offering and a sermon in between each special song and a sermon before the sermon and a sermon in the middle of the sermon and a sermon after the invitation. I mean, just yak, 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 yak. At least I do kind of put it all in one sermon and give it to you 55 minutes at a time. I'm only at 43 minutes now, so you can wait a little bit longer. But you got you got a good church that you ought to be, and I hate to use the word, but you ought to be a little bit proud of it. Oh, we don't believe in being proud. How about your house, big boy? Oh, we don't believe in being proud. How about your car? Some of you would be proud of your car if you was driving a 78 Chevette. What is it about a car anyway? 
Makes a fella proud, don't it? Some little knothead 16-year-old boy go out and his mama buy him a Vega. Next thing you know, he's got the back of it full of speakers and riding around the wheels is falling off, but he's got a $5,000 stereo sitting on My ride, my ride. You're proud of that stuff. And Listen, you folks sit in one of the best churches in the country. I, I holler at you and fuss at you because it's my job. But listen, you sit in one of the best churches in the country. It's not a super mega church. It's not the Astrodome. But this is a great church. And you sit there. Right. Your problem is you're too used to it. Your problem is you're too used to it. Yes, sir. Oh, that's just the preacher. Oh, here we go again. Don't you remember what it was like? Some of you folks, don't you remember what it was like sitting in here when it was 12 people? Amen. Listen to somebody bore you to death. Amen. Preach. Yeah. Amen. Preach. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. You're just ungrateful. That's all it is. Amen. Ungrateful. God don't mean nothing to you no more. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a lull right there, ain't it? Yes, sir. Let that sink in a little bit. Folks sit around. They want to get something from God. They come to church and some old fella gets up there and bores them to death and, and just moans and mopes for 35 minutes because he didn't pray and didn't study his Bible all week. And you sit there, man, I wish I wish somebody would come and preach. I wish I, wish I could feel God. I wish I could... And then, but after you get that a little while, you begin to get used to it and you get numb to it. Then can't nobody move you. Well, part of it's not the preacher's responsibility it's partly yours and if you're real full of the Holy Ghost you could get something out of a boring preacher at least he's telling the truth yes sir yes sir that's right it'd almost be good for some of you to go down there and just go to the Methodist church for the next month I'm afraid for you some of you get addicted to that junk and stay down there but some of you that's got some sense would go down there and say, it ain't nothing but a religious dead mess. Thank God for what we got. Thank God that we got a place where it's not wrote out on a piece of paper what hymn we're going to sing and what uh, what going to happen. We're going to sing number 125 and then Joe Stevens is going to get up and give his rendition of such and such a song and then oh, Brother John is going to get up and say the Pledge of Allegiance and then... That's what happens in most churches. And then the preacher's going to stand up and give uh, a lecture on godly finances or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. You say, what's the problem? The problem is we've got away from God. The problem is, listen, we've just about reasoned God out of the equation. Psychology, rock and roll, skits, if we need to get folks stirred up, we just put on a play. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like giving an invitation right there. But I ain't going to. Mm-hmm. He said the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. Listen, the God of glory appeared one day on a cross. The God of glory appeared one day and took away your sins. The God of glory appeared one day and gave you a Bible that you can trust and depend on. The God of glory gave you a church that you can go... Listen, the, I want you to just look around a minute. The God of glory gave you a congregation of folks that you can pray on 
and help and support and lean on them when you need help and support. you got everything in the world that you need inside of these four walls. You are a part of the family of God now and you forgot about that. Somehow you're trying to make it on your own and your life is going to be miserable for the rest of your life until you get God back into the equation. Yes, sir. You'll be on pills, and then you'll be on depression stuff, and then you'll be in a psych ward somewhere, and your life will be just steadily downhill. Listen, some people out there in the world can handle it, but you're God's people. You turn your back on God, and God will let you go down. Read Romans chapter 1. The Bible says He'll turn you over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Yes, sir. Some of the most miserable people, Brother Pedro, in this world are people that sit on the church pew every week and hear the truth, but do nothing about it. And I can preach to you about God, and God this, and God that, and some old knucklehead come on television channel at 12 o'clock and convince you your preacher's a big dummy. Preacher will sit and tell you what to do to get over your depression, to get over your fits, and to get over your doldrums, and tell you the God's honest truth, and you'll go out and listen to Dr. Phil and say, I believe I'll take Dr. Phil's advice. Of course, the Dr. Phil don't require you to read your Bible, or pray, or trust God, and Dr. Phil ain't helped you yet. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 7 verse 3. And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Koran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. You see what? Listen, I'll give you this and I'll close this morning. Look what Stephen did here. He took the people in the Bible, Abraham, and he connected it to the people that he was talking to. He said, Abraham, God moved Abraham out. Abraham came down to the land in which you now dwell. See, he put a connection between them. He took the Bible people, Abraham, and took the people he was preaching to and put them right together. That's the job of a preacher. That's, that's the way you get stuff started. Now, I can sit here and preach about the Presbyterians, and we talk about that, and we have a little fun. Now, I'm just joking. You know as well as I do. I'm just joking about that stuff. Kind of gets you lighthearted. They are dead, though. I will say that. Uh, but they're they no more deader than you are. But anyway, uh, listen. What you do is you take the Bible, and you take the people in the Bible, and the stories of the Bible, and the truths of the Bible, and the things that happened in the Bible, and you take those things out of the Bible, and you connect them to you. It's you people. That God wrote this Bible for. This Bible was wrote for you. This Bible wasn't wrote for Abraham. Abraham never seen the Bible. The only Bible that Abraham had the possibility of seeing was the book of Job. And I don't have no evidence that he ever seen that. No evidence. It may not even have been written in Abraham's day. Did you know Moses wrote the book of Genesis? Moses was a good long ways from Abraham. The book of Job's the oldest book in the Bible. But listen, Abraham, this book wasn't wrote for Abraham. It was wrote for you. Everything that God wrote about Abraham, He wrote it for you. The things that helped Abraham will help you. The things that cursed Abraham will curse you. This Bible was wrote for you. This is your Bible, Brother Carl. This is your Bible. God wrote you a Bible and gave you a Bible and wants you to study the Bible. This is your book. The things that happen to these people, Brother Mike, the things that happen in this Bible to these people are going to happen in your life, every single one of them, and you can use it to get by on. 
That's what most people are trying to do anyway, just trying to get by. Just trying to get by. Just trying to make it, ain't you? You ain't going to make it without this book. God wrote this book for you. You can take this book, you can believe it from cover to cover, and everything that happened to everybody in it, you can apply that to your life. If God done it for Elijah, He'll do it for you. If God done it for Moses, He'll do it for you. Did God make a way of escape for Moses? Didn't He part the Red Sea and let them escape? He'll make a way of escape for you. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. Yes, sir. Everything in this book, this book wasn't written just as a history book. It wasn't written just as a religious book. This is your book, Molly. This is your book. You take this book and open it and read it and apply it to you. You say, well, it's about Paul. It's about Stephen. It's about you. It's about your life. Yes, sir. This book is a final authority. If you, don't, if you don't believe this book, if you don't read this book, if you don't study this book, if you don't memorize this book, your life is incomplete. And what you think does not matter. It don't matter. It does not matter. Brother Peter, I've seen, I've heard with my own ears. I've stood and preached the truth out of this book and I've heard with my own ears walking out the back door and I believe they said it where I could see it and said it where I could hear it. it well, he thinks that, but that ain't really true. And they use it, their answer usually is, Grandma told me. Your grandma ain't God. Listen, I know you love grandma, but your grandma ain't God. Hey, don't mess with my grandma either, but my grandma ain't God. If my grandma says one thing and God says another thing, grandma had to get right with God. Yes, sir. I've had, some, I've had people so mad at me because their opinion didn't add up with this book. I've been standing back there at the door shaking hands and a fella come by and hit me twice in the ribs where nobody could see it. You say, what would you do, Brother Mike? I, I, I was a man and stood there and shook hands and passed it on through. Hurt too. i tell you what, they're dead today. They're dead today. But I know what it's like. I know what it's like to preach and see people sit there and go. Right. Right. You better realize this book is talking to you. This book includes you. You're not exempt from the truth of this book. This book tells you when the Bible says that you're going to give an account thereof in the day of judgment, you are going to meet the judgment. Boy, you better get busy today. You better refine your fanaticism. You better, you better find some way to fall in love with this book and the truths in it and become for the rest of your life a fanatic. Because listen, time is short. Hadn't we heard? Just in the last week, we've lost folks that we all loved and care about that wouldn't hear the truth and wouldn't follow the truth. I mean, that could be any one of us at any time. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard, and I've said that a million times. But folks just walk out, that old preacher, he's just mean. The preacher ain't mean. I'm trying to tell you something that'll save you down the road someplace. Yes, sir. I've stood in people's yards and talked to them and talked to them and talked to them. They said, well, I know, preacher. I know. and I know, preacher. I know you're right, preacher. I know. And the next thing you know, they're laid up in the hospital trying to kill themselves. And you, listen, you think it can't happen to you, but it can. If you're, if you're 15 or 55, you can lose the will to live just like that. You say, how do you do that? You get away from the source of life. 
Jesus said, I come to give them life and give it more abundantly. Let me tell you Christian folks something. This, this book is the source of life. Take this source of life, hide it away, shut the door, and go on down the road of life doing what you want to do. You have cut yourself off from the will to live. First it'll be anger, then it'll be bitterness, then it'll be depression, and then you'll be cutting your wrist in a back room somewhere because you've cut yourself off from the source of life. And don't get don't let me don't let me sound coarse and cut and dry. God will do everything in his power to get a hold of your heart, to get a hold of your life, to get you by the collar and wring your neck before he lets you go that far. But don't you think you can't go that far? Shut yourself off from that book. When you shut yourself off from that book, you shut yourself off from life. I don't care what your profession is. I don't care who your preacher is. I don't care what kind of family you've got. I don't care how much money you've got. You shut yourself off from that book and you shut yourself off from life. The only answer you've got in this life is God. That's it. That's the only answer you've got is God. The same thing that started a fire for Stephen will start a fire for you. Just get a hold of a Bible. Get out there and stand for it and believe everything that it says. Hold it dear to your heart. Don't let nobody take it from you. Because they're taking your life. They're taking your life. Take you away from this book, they're taking you away from your life. Old Stephen lost his life. But when Stephen lost his life, he was standing for the book. He was standing for the author of life. And listen, Stephen never been more alive than he is now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You give your life to the wealth of this world, and your life goes down, down, down. Give your life to the God of this world, your life goes up, up, up. They can't even stop you in death. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, this morning.